I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Roosters on Olentangy River Road in Columbus, Ohio, the greatest city in the known world. This is the Letterman Lounge. And look at this, Nicole. Mm. I, it's starting to feel more homey in here. and that's Spruce it up a little, guys. We still have a few more things we've got to put up. But that just means... We wanted to make it look very much like the Letterman Lounge. Fun. Bobby is sitting right there today because he's trying to block the fact that that's where his picture used to be. We, <laughs> we have an even better picture coming. Yep. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. He, he walked right in. He said, I'm not high maintenance. And he said, where'd my picture go? <laughs> I wanted to preface that. Well, because I bring the kids over here, and it's nice that they have a picture of dad in here. So it gives me like a little credibility to talk to them about something. So yeah, I wanted, you know, Uncle Age right up there, but we were right beside each other. So it was really easy, nice to see. And so it disappeared. So I'm like, oh, gosh, that, that, that's all credibility is going to be lost now. They realize dad's officially an old man. All right. Well, that's Bobby Carpenter. He's not an old guy to us. He's a key part of the show. That's Jay-Z, Justin Zwick, Michael Bennett. Uh, a short timer now with us. We'll have to talk about that mm-hmm. uh, and his upcoming travels and Nicole Cox from <coughs> Roosters. Um, you know, still pretty quiet time. We're going to get into a lot more football as the show goes on. But uh, right now, like Ohio State, Chris Holtman, the Buckeyes on the basketball court have it rolling. Couldn't get it done on Sunday against Michigan. But that game, a top five showdown, kind of lived up to the to the hype, the billing. Maybe they'll play again. Uh, I know we don't – none of – you guys played basketball. We're not going to be able to break it down in the X's and O's, but it was a fun one, and, and this has been a pretty fun basketball team to watch, Nicole. Yes, they, it was a super exciting game and definitely very high scoring. I was shocked, but um, they both played. I mean, it was the best Big Big Ten game of the year, I think, and Dwayne Washington had the best game of his career with 30 points, which was awesome. Yeah. So I know nobody likes it to see when Michigan gets the better of that game. And even Chris Holtman added that you know the golden jerseys to go with the gold pants, sign that he kind of gets it. But that's I know that stings you guys anytime you see that team come out on top. Yeah, you know I think it's great that the Big Ten is the strongest conference in basketball right now, and um, seems to be pushing that for the last couple years. Um, but yeah, you don't like to see <laughs> that team up north get the better of you in any sport. I don't care if wrestling, pistols, or whatever. <laughs> that's not what you want to see. But you know, once again. Good competition is going to show up, and in basketball, it really is that any given night kind of thing where um, the right team has to show up. So this this Ohio State Buckeye team has been really exciting. Um, every year, it feels like Chris Holtman's getting him more and more on the path that he envisions for him. And so, yeah, there will be some slip ups, but luckily, there there's more than twelve games in a basketball season. <laughs> That's the difference. Like you can't really overreact to just one game. Mm-hmm. No, and it's it's great because it's a game you're looking forward to. Two weeks ago, you didn't know if it even get played because Michigan was out for three weeks. You know, they're one of the best teams in the country, hadn't really played a whole lot, and so you're trying to figure out how long would it take them to bounce back. They obviously took about a half against Wisconsin, and then all of a sudden they got to turn the page and start playing really, really well. But, you know, watching that game, it's those are two of the best teams in the country. And I think Ohio State's odds actually improved to win the national championship, I think, from 11-1 to 1 to 10-1, to 1, even after that loss. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people look at that. You know, Michigan, they can score inside, they can score outside. They've got great size. <clears throat> you know, Ohio State, there's were years early on at the end of that and early Holtman where the thought of hitting like 87 or cresting 90 points. I mean, <laughs> like how many games do we get? I'm thinking, mm-hmm. you know, is that- I, 
I was shocked when I saw the score. <laughs> so they've been able, they can score the basketball, and it was kind of clustered a little bit. You know, when you start talking about it was Liddell, it was Washington, uh, CJ, you know, coming off the bench. But a lot of times they've had a lot more variety in scoring. But the fact that they can get to that 90-point mark, you don't feel like anyone's ever going to run away from them. They have the ability to heat it up quick. So when you play again, I mean, a couple possessions here or there. Okay, End of the yeah. first half, some turnovers, a couple offensive <clears throat> boards by Michigan. Like, if you can curtail those things, I mean, it's, it's a one, one or two possession game. And that's what it's going to be like, you know, with these elite teams. So... I think it's proven that Ohio State's right there with just about anybody. Yeah, and I mean, we, you're looking at 10 of 13 from behind a three-point line in the first half. You know, I mean, that that's nuts, right? You're not going to have that every game. So, I mean, for the fact that Ohio State was able to stay right there with them, I mean, they're on fire, and Ohio State did what they had to do. I mean, I don't think – I didn't think watching the game that we were, like, exceptionally on fire from anywhere, but we were just making plays. And, uh, you know, it was the best basketball game I've seen this year. It was the only basketball game I've seen this year. But <laughs> it's about that. Time it was, it was probably the, it, it up, was probably right? the first game for a lot of people, Ohio State fans, just because it was such a big Michigan game. And you know, at the end of the year, and three versus four, the first time in a long time, if it, ever. It said yeah, it's never 19, happened. Yeah, nineteen oh nine. You know, so, yeah. So I mean, you had so you had some know, you know serious kind of history behind that game, just being rated so high. So great showing. I can't wait to see the Big Ten tournament. You know, I think they're going to run it right back, and it's going to be another good one. Yeah, it's about that time to really start paying attention. we got Spencer Holbrook mm-hmm. uh, covering the team now yeah. uh, on that full-time basis for us at Letterman Row. And Roosters, of course, will be getting ready because the big dance is always it's always a popular time yes, to get Roosters. Yes, and we didn't get to have it last year. Yeah. So we're very excited, very, very excited uh-huh. for it. And it's a busy time for us. So, you know, get, come early, get your seats, (laughs) but um, we're very much looking forward to it. So let me ask you this about that, because it's not the classic Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday affair. There's going to be stuff sprinkled in throughout the week. I mean, Nicole, are we prepared to be able to handle week-long tournament venues? Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. Yes, we can do that. And so. so. Monday night and Tuesday night games, right? Right? For the appetizer Tuesday as well. There'll be blended. You can have some mozzarella. I don't know if the days line up perfectly. I know. (laughs) That's. <laughs> the danger of eating one is you just want to keep. I just want to keep eating this basket. Well, it was delicious. So we're giving the full <laughs> review today because appetizer Tuesday, two dollar baskets of mac and cheese. Uh, not mac and cheese. Mozzarella sticks. sticks. Gosh, I'm struggling, Nicole. More no. cheese, <laughs> different shape. Next, the March second is okay. mac and cheese bites. Love we'll get Schlegs back in here yeah. for that. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think about the uh, the gold jerseys to compete with the gold <laughs> pants you guys won? Nice, nice little tweak to the rivalry. Or do you wish that you had that cornered off for football alone? Uh, I, th- I think it's I think it's healthy that the whole Ohio State ecosystem kind of gets on the same page mm-hmm. with our hatred of that team up north, <laughs> or at least with our our rivalry, our respect for the rivalry of that team up north. Now, you know, I know it's more traditional that it's a, a football thing, but I think it's really cool. Traditions have to start somewhere. You know, just because it didn't start in 1920 doesn't mean it can't start in 2021. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea of it. Um, it's that kind of stuff that also helps when guys come in or, or guys come in and you're trying to teach them the culture and the tradition of the of the school and of the program. It's those little things that you can point to to say, hey, this is why it's important. This is this is how much tradition we have. These are our rivals. This is this kind of stuff. Um, so I'm a big fan of it. I, I hope guys latch onto it. And Chris Holtman is is there for a long time to keep that tradition rolling. Well, I'm, I think when he started, and I don't know a lot about it. You guys might know more, but. I feel like for football, they raise that money kind of on their own, right? Yeah. You know, so it's a, it's a thing where these guys are giving back. They're around the program. They want to be a part of it. So I think that's cool if you have your basketball alumni saying, hey, we want to be a part of this. We want to be into this. We're going to put some money into it and, and make sure these guys have, you know, 
something different or something for the rivalry game. And, and I think that's cool to see. And that might just be a culture thing where you see guys coming back and wanting to do more things like that. So I, I think that's awesome for the basketball program. Uh, it didn't look like you loved it. No, I, I, I don't dislike it. I think it's good. It's just interesting with the, the basketball team. Over the course of history, it, Michigan's always been the football rival, and I think it has been in basketball, but I mean, you could probably look at a 30-year stretch where people probably looked at Indiana probably almost as, as equal as a rival for Ohio State. Now, Indiana hasn't really been great over the last 20 years. They've had intermittent moments of success. You know, Michigan's been a much more consistent contender, and you know, I, I do think it's fantastic now the fact that they have Juwan Howard up there and like all this is kind of happening at once and you know, they're another elite team. So anytime you can do something, you know, with, with young people today to try to pique their interest. I mean, the reality is I mean kids it's got a bunch of different things going on. There's screens all over the place and apps on your phone and this and that swipe left swipe right give them give them something that they tangible they can see like hey you win you get this and you know, it'll take a little bit of time but i guarantee you you know as those guys get rolling that'll be a big piece you know 10 years from now well hey and if you if you win some jewelry you get to post that to the gram too so yeah the gram, <laughs> the gram, I, love I believe I love that's it. what it's referred Tinder to I'm, sure. I'm not not on that social media service <laughs> Uh, but when you're talking about that history and the way that these, these programs are rolling, football and basketball, I'm going to bring it to you. This will be our main uh, topic for the first half of the show with Nicole in here. You can have the Urban Meyer and Thad Ma I know all this time will not line up perfectly. You can have the Urban and Thad Ma era. You know you're going to get a title with Urban, a couple Final Fours with Thad. I can give you that. Or you can continue to bet on what Ryan Day is. This is like Price is Right. Yeah. <laughs> What do you Take want? Take this showcase or wait for the next. <laughs> yeah. Or wait and or see wait. what you can do better. So which would you rather have? Who wants to start? You can have Urban and Thad, or you can have Ryan Day and Chris Holman. I'll, I'll kick it off and then just really dive way too deep into this. Let's go. Let's <laughs> so, go. You know, you always got to be careful with this kind of stuff when, you have, when you're measuring a person era to era because could we do what Ryan Day and Holtman are doing without what Urban and Thad have done? Um, that being said, with the groundwork set, I think – Chris Holtman and Ryan Day are going to have uh, more prolific careers than even Thad Mata and Urban Meyer, which is crazy to say. It's hard to win a national championship in football. It's hard to get to the Final Four in basketball. And, you know, Urban was able to get us a championship. His record at Ohio State was insane. Thad's record was great. Um, he got us to the Final Four a couple times. I think Chris Holtman's an incredible coach. I think he's building an incredible culture. Um, and it's, it's really going to be – I think how long he decides to stay at Ohio State, and I would say the exact same about Ryan Day is it depends on how long they decide to stay. And, you know, here I dream that they stay for 20 years each, 30 years each, um, but I think they'll have a lot of success. They're building off of their predecessors. They're, there's already good culture in both of those sports. Um, I think I would be very surprised if we didn't get a couple national championships out of, out of Ryan Day, and uh, I think – Chris Holtman is one of the coaches in the country who gives us the best opportunity to compete for that in basketball. So you were playing when this happened, but the argument was when Urban got hired, it wasn't if he would win a national championship, it's how many would he need to win in order to be deemed a successful <laughs> tenure. And I mean, that, and then you, know, you get the first one there and what year three, you get close to second year. Um, and, you know, he gets one. I not use the term only. I mean, Tress only had one. I mean, it's tough. They're very, Hard very to tough to win. They're very, very tough. I think it's easier to get to a Final Four in college basketball than it is to win one in football. Um, if Thad got to two, it's tough, man. And here's the other thing that Holman, Holman's going to have to deal with. And I say deal with just it's the, the end of the one and done era. And how does that impact? Is it better? Yep. Maybe. Is it worse? I'm not sure. Like, how, how will that impact what he's able to do, how he's able to recruit and develop these teams? 
not to besmirch either one of these guys. I mean, I've you always all, all four of these guys. Well, yeah, they're all winners. They're all always, great coaches. I've always been told that one in the car is better than two in the bar. And so I'm going to go and lean on what's <laughs> what is in hand right now. And I'm going to take the fact that you know you've got a title. I know I've got two Final Four appearances. Okay. I'm going to take that. Okay. One in the car is better than two in the bar. It took me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he, he said it real fast. It was smooth, man. Just so you didn't think <clears throat> I'm about stealing that. It wasn't not the first time. Tough. It's tough. Tough decision here. I. Uh, Gosh, you just forget how good it was. I mean, 06 was my senior year. You know, yeah. we go and play Florida in the national championship, which would have been Tress's second one, you know, in however many years. And then that same year, sports year, I mean, Ohio State plays Florida in the national championship. I mean, there's there's a lot of fun back in the day. Uh, you know, it's just you, you seem to forget about those as you move forward with the new exciting things and Urban coming and win one and Ryan taking over and uh, Chris coming in. Um, gosh. Well, that may be part of the flaw, Jay-Z, that when I present this question is that you you said this earlier. There was a lot of crossover with Tress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. When when I hear Thad, I think Tress just because sure. I was there. You know, when Thad came in, and that's when you know Conley and Greg Oden, and he had those teams kind of around my senior year. Yeah. Um. So the, you know, I, I thought of it more that way, but uh, just moving forward, I mean, Ohio State is in such a great position in in both sports for recruiting, and we know that's the name of the game for any anything. So I, I think. What Chris Holtman is doing, and, and you know, and you, you get these one and duns, and maybe they're saying, "Man, that, that's a coach I want to go play for." Look what he's doing with these, you know, guys that maybe have been there for a couple of years. What if we put a couple big time players on there like that had when he had uh, Odin and Conley and those guys? But uh, I, I would, I would go forward. Just I, I think Ohio State is just it was always big and it was always the best in the Big Ten in my opinion. It's not even close nowadays. You know, I mean, I think they're just recruiting. I think they've put in so much into uh, the. the not the buildings, the facilities, mm-hmm. you know, the weight rooms, just all that sort of thing. It's just if you want to come win a championship or you want to come be the best in the Big Ten, there's no other school to go to. So uh, I think moving forward, those two guys are going to have tons of success and it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Since, Austin, you have unfettered access to these guys. <laughs> and, I mean, you're basically like yeah. best friends. Mm-hmm. I want you to pose that question to both Ryan Day and Chris Holtman. Ask Ryan, would you take your seven – would you take a seven-year seven tenure, tenure – of what Urban Meyer was able to do, and ask Holtman, would you take whatever the first twelve years of Thad Mata, mm-hmm. and said that's going to be what you get, finality, or would do you want to do you want to see what's behind showcase, <laughs> yeah. number, showcase number two, number two? Yeah. and see what's over there? Like, I mean, I I, th- I bet they'd both sign up. I, you'd have a hard <laughs> time saying no to it. Yeah, given given I know one of those coaches much better than the other, um, but I I think that. And we'll let uh, Nicole have her shot here in a second. But I think that Nicole knows them all really well. She does. I, I can. That's why she'll be able to give more of that unfettered insight than I can. But I believe that Ryan Day thinks he can do better than what Urban's tenure was. Now, would you take it if you were offered it? Of course. You get that one guaranteed national title, you're set for life. Seven Screw and oh, that man. In the game. Look, Screw that. Go go cut your own path. I know. I was going to say the same thing. Because I, I think. Because of what do you want to take the money or do you want to play? <laughs> you want to play. Let's play. I think he wants to play. Let's roll the dice and yeah. knock over signs. Yeah, I because know. I, I Letterman wrote. I think the way and he knows like what Urban did, the work that had to go into establishing and raising mm-hmm. the profile, the culture, and recruiting and all that. You look at these first two years. He'll <clears> kick what happened in the Fiesta Bowl. Obviously, we'll never stop talking about the play and how close they were to maybe winning a national title this year. I think they would have beat LSU last year. Sorry, uh, and then Alabama in the weird year. 
I think he knows like everything is in position to always win the Big Ten, to always win the rivalry. And if you've got a shot then every year, you're going to, you know, maybe you don't win two games every single time you get to the mm-hmm. playoff, but I think he knows he's going to get one. And then the question is, are you going to get two or three? And I, that's this, you, you bring this it's up. It's hard. It's man. the same thing when you're asking how many is Urban going to win. Like, yeah. they're hard. Like, Nick Saban's made it look far too easy when in reality <laughs> yes. it's not. But I think for if you offer that to Holtman, maybe he'd say, yeah, I'll take what that did because Final Fours are also pretty tough to get to, even if it is easier mm-hmm. than a football title. I think Holtman would take it. I think Day would say, no, let's let's give me the dice. Let's roll them. I like it. I agree. I think I feel like coaches are bred to be the best they can be. So I don't think that they would settle for – just living the path of someone else but Ooh. but I think Urban and Mata were phenomenal coaches but I think they set up the program so that Holtman and Day could come in and build off of that so they're not starting from scratch and so they had a really great program and all they can do is make it better you know well hopefully that's the goal <laughs> only make it better but so I I think we're just really lucky with a great you know just set of coaches we have coming through the programs I think the goals, like you, like you're saying, the goal of you know a new coach, especially when you're replacing a coach who has a storied history and has a lot of winning history, the goal should be to do better than that coach, or else because nobody wants to just fill a void for a little bit and then eventually the next hot shot coach pops up and then you get replaced. Like once again, we talk about the tradition and and the culture and all that kind of stuff. These are these are guys who understand those aspects of Ohio State, and I think they take them very seriously. So it's not like, you know, you'd ask uh, Ryan Day and he'd be like, oh, yeah, Urban didn't do anything. You know, I'm going to I'm going to come in here and win six national championships. He understands he, he has respect for it. He understands the culture and the tradition. He wants to I I don't know. I'm maybe I'm putting words in his mouth, but he wants to elevate that tradition and that history. And I think they're both capable of it. Um, I think Chris Holtman might have a, a harder uphill climb. But what he's done to this day is has been incredible. The team he's built, you know, you're competing with with uh, teams that the top guys in the whole country all talk to each other. Let's go to Kentucky. Let's go to yeah. you know these schools. Like so, you're you don't really get the first pick of guys. Um, and when you can convince just one of those guys to come to Ohio State, uh, the belief that gives the rest of the team is something you can do some special stuff with. So I've got a I've got an article for you guys, an idea. Yeah. So I mean, I'm also a content creator. Well, that's oh, content nice. creator. that's why you are a contributor to Letterman. Robot. And so you may want to you may want to have to pull your guy Spencer in with this. Okay. So even though the banner has been taken down and they somehow tried to scrub it from your memory, this is obviously <laughs> pre you getting here. Mm-hmm. Jim O'Brien went to a Final Four. That model went to two Final Fours. If Chris Holtman's able to go to a Final Four, that would be three consecutive coaches going to Final Fours. Yep. I don't know if you could pair that up with Jim Trussell winning a national championship, Urban winning a national championship, and Ryan Day. And both of these guys look poised that these things could potentially happen. Right. If there's any school in the country that would have had three football and basketball coaches in succession have that type of success. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can sit here off the top of our head and say there's got to be no way. No. Because I mean, Alabama – doesn't have any basketball national championships. We can rule them. <laughs> Maybe out. Kentucky. Like, Clemson doesn't. Kentucky, Kentucky has no <laughs> football, right? <laughs> what about Kansas? That's a great one, buddy. <laughs> yeah, Kansas. Yeah. I mean, what, what's Mangini? Didn't do it. Yeah, Rutgers didn't do <laughs> yeah. it either. Hey, you yeah. mess around and throw in wrestling with that too. I'm sure we've got some uh, oh, yeah. history. Now that's it. I mean, that's a great point, Bob. I, I I don't think that there's anyone close to it, and that's why I, the athletic did. George Costanza and I both make good points. Well, that's what we have in common. <laughs> you can be my latex salesman anytime, Bob. Uh, I, I don't think that that's be. happened. 
Chives will look, but just off the top of my head, executively, the, the yeah. programs like North Carolina with a national title, no. Duke with a football title, no. Florida had a good run, yeah. right? I mean, they they at least had one. Billy yeah, yeah, really had one coach, yeah. you know, football, basketball. That that run, we know that that stopped because <clears throat> Spurrier was replaced by Ron Zook yeah. before Urban got there. So there's mm, no three right. consecutive. Ron Zook, and, Orville uh, guy. And Will Muschamp sure didn't win one after that either. So they, like, they didn't no. even have three mm-hmm. that did it. But that's true. But he screamed a lot again, and that's also <laughs> like fiery. <laughs> he did coach boom, like like Nicole is talking about. You all those previous coaches, you're trying to enhance it. Ohio State's not a program that builds something and then lets it all crumble back down. Mm-hmm. It's like what Michael said. They all they respect one another and they respect the job they did. And they, I think all of them are legends here mm-hmm. and have built something. And then the next coach is just supposed to help it grow. Well, and that's what, one thing that, um, urban said to me this year, I think it was actually when we were up at, uh, uh, urban's yep. pine house. And he's like, all of the head coaches here, he's like, are friends. He's like, you want and invest in the people's <clears throat> success after he goes, it was not like that anywhere else that I've been. Because you don't see that where the guy that you're replacing is pulling for you to have success, and you can talk to you know a John Cooper as well or an Earl Bruce, and obviously Coach for Bruce was a little different. He's like, but everybody's pushing in the same direction. He's like, those guys are all pushing for Ryan. They all want him mm-hmm. to have as much success as possible too. He goes, and you do not see that <clears throat> at very many other places, if anywhere. And and that kind of tradition is something that will move a lot of different people. Like, I mean, you know, I don't want to bet against Urban, but do you think? If that wasn't the tradition at Ohio State from passing the mantle from coach to coach, then we would be able to have that seamless transition from Urban to Ryan. Like that, mm-hmm. it well, takes look, quite a bit. Look what happened at Michigan when you know a, a famous, successful yeah. coach yeah. went aside, and that you know, it's the same thing happened at, at Tennessee multiple times with Phil Fulmer refusing to let go, Lloyd Carr wanting to have his influence, you know, up north. Like, if you don't have that continuity or some yeah. help and you still have loyal soldiers from the previous regime, you have no chance of succeeding. It takes a massive ego check by the outgoing coach to look at this new coach and be like, I, I want you to have more success than right. me. And that's what you have to do to have that you know, consistent performance over the decades, um, which is what makes Ohio one of the things that makes Ohio State so special. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, you did, just to be able to have that seamless transition, I thought it was very incredible to see specifically what that transition from Urban to Ryan Day was. Like, because you could see he was grooming him, yep. and you could see that everybody knew kind of where it was going. And then to to have a coach like Urban Meyer, who has that many wins and that much success, who will who will be like, all right, you know, I take my cap off. You know, this is your this is your dance now. Yep. I, I think that's kind of stuff that if you're looking at, oh, where should I go to to for college to either play basketball or football, you can see that the tradition at Ohio State is different. Anything else, Jay-Z? Yeah. Now, I was just thinking about just how the coaches we've talked about have all had big wins. Or, you know, John Cooper, he had the the Rose Bowl against Arizona State, right? Tress had a championship. Like, they don't leave and go head coach somewhere else. They kind of just leave, and they're done. And they're, hey, I love Columbus. Columbus loves me. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to help this coaching staff coming in, try and help them, you know, the things I didn't know when I got to Columbus or that sort of thing. So I, I think that's unique in itself of just a lot of other coaches at other places. They're getting fired because they haven't been good. Yep. These guys have had some 
interesting things happen towards the end of their careers where it's just like, well, okay, well, I was good. And I'm going to stay around and, and try and help the program even be better than what it was when I was there. So I think that's different as well, the culture and everything that Ohio State brings. It's also because Columbus is the world's greatest town. Yeah, because, as you started off, yeah. And because no they doubt. get to go play in the Roosters Foundation golf event and play with Nicole. Yeah. So Damn if you right. leave town, like, you're out. <laughs> yep. You lose your Damn. spot. You're, you Those lose are the spot. most coveted spots. I drank, out, I drank out of my third place mug this weekend. Oh, well, I love it. Let's, 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 we'll sort out the tiebreaker <laughs> yeah, for a sure. second uh, another time. Uh-huh. Uh, that's that's not in that's Oh, boy. That's don't bring nor there. That's not here nor there. Uh, Nicole, anything else going on at Roosters this week that people need to know about other than the mozzarella Just sticks? Just appetizer Tuesday. Tuesday okay. for right uh, now. Tuesday, Gearing up Tuesday. for March Madness. All right. I love it. March Madness is coming. Basketball. Spring ball will be here soon enough, and we can talk about some more football. We're going to do that after we take a break and let Nicole go do her real job. We'll be right back on Letterman Live, brought to you by Roosters. Roosters is one of the unique companies that we deal with. They're involved in everything we do, from our personal foundation to also the Cancer Research Fund. And that's from the Buckeye Cruise from Cancer to all the events leading up to the Buckeye Cruise. They donate back to different organizations that are near and dear to their heart. And we're so fortunate to have been with Roosters now for a long, long time. All the folks at Roosters are just genuinely kind folks, and they want to make a difference. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. Thank you, Roosters Foundation. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, welcome back into Roosters for Letterman Live. We've got Jay Z, Bobby Carpenter, and Michael Bennett going strong here. And guys, this this struck me that I could have like three of the best people that I could ask about this. Oh boy! The last week or two, we've talked about what goes on in winter conditioning and how important that is. Set aside like what you're actually doing. You know, Mickey Marotti, Ryan Day, Urban Meyer, Schlegs, whoever else going back through time have talked about how that leadership for a team is set up in February, in March, and not in a game in September. Maybe there's some element to that once you get to it, but you can see like Ohio State, they're posting this stuff, they're getting through the winter workouts, and they're saying, well, here's Cade Stover, he's stepping forward and he's talking more. Here's Tommy Eichenberg, some guys that are they're trying to bring that out of. So, Jay-Z, you played quarterback. <coughs> Bobby, you've been the leader of a bunch of teams. Michael, we know uh, how important your role was in 2014. How much is that where it, it just does come out of these workouts? What does it take? Did you guys feel like you all were – you know, always born to lead? Do you have to develop that leadership? How did it work for you three? How did how did you see it develop with your, some of your teammates? Gosh. Um, I know that we could talk you about know, well, I just I was thinking when you were asking the question, I started thinking to myself about what it was like in 04 after we had just lost, what, 12 guys to the draft. You know, that first team 14. meeting, that first team meeting was just like, whoa, you're looking at, at a different room, right? And so Craig had played two years in a row. It's me and Troy now. And we're still not the old guys. We're still young guys, but we're going to be a starting quarter. You know, one of us is going to play the next year type thing. Yep. So it's just like, you know, I was trying to think back because you got to – it's kind of like a fine line of – you don't want to overstep – there's seniors who have been there for a long time who are, have been waiting for this role to be the leader of the team type thing, you know, if that makes sense. So it's kind of – you don't want to overstep things, but as a quarterback, you know, 
I'm going. I want to be the leader of this team. So there, there's kind of like a juggling act that you kind of do because we had Nuge, who was a big time player. Uh, you know, he led a lot of the workout stuff, and, it, and it, I think that's some of the things that those leaders kind of do. They're just more vocal in the off season. Um, you know, when the team's getting together, they're the ones talking, or you know, just trying to do those sorts of things. So. Uh, you know, for these young guys, they have vets that are coming back. So it's kind of like, you know, if Olave is saying something, <laughs> hey, I want to be a leader too, but ah, man, he's a lot better than I am. Or, you know, <laughs> you know just things like that. You kind of got to be careful um, just because you don't want people looking like, oh, here's this, this guy. Here's this guy. You know, oh, yeah. just let our leaders lead. You know, we don't need you trying to jump in here. And, you know, so it, it is tough. And I'm thinking of those young quarterbacks because they're going to need somebody to come out and play, you know, somebody right. to be the man. So, you know, it's interesting how. Their battle between them goes. Uh, I know when Troy and I were there, it didn't go so great all the time. It seems to be a different culture there nowadays, which, you know, when I've been around and seen these guys kind of going back and forth together, it's like, man, that's so strange to me because yeah. I mean, Troy and I almost fought a couple times, you know, just stupid stuff. And it's just like, man, it's, it's nuts. But that's just the uh, the culture and where these, are, these guys are at and what the coaches tell them when they come here. This is what we're going to do. This is how it's going to go, and you're going to be – making everybody on the team better. So it's it's tough, but these young guys are going to have to just kind of feel it out, uh, you know, see how it goes. And if they have questions and they need to talk to somebody older, but like, hey, I want to get into more. All right, well, here, I'll bring you along or something along those lines. But uh, it's, it's definitely tough because you're looking at a different team and you're trying to be that guy, and they're looking at you saying, "Who who's this freshman? <laughs> you know, he might be our quarterback next year, but come on, guy. You know, at least be here for a couple months before you try and rah-rah, you know, the, the rest of the team. And I digress. No, it's and that's good because that's it's a very pointed example because you lost like entire position groups of starters yeah. off of that team and it was it was tough like looking around and so you know you got a, a lot of guys in you know our class coming up either rising you know, redshirt sophomores or rising juniors and some of us have played a decent amount you know from the previous year but you know you're replacing I think seven or eight oh, guys yeah. and it was a very small senior class. And you replace and then when you're replacing your quarterback on offensively, I mean it's that's a big piece because that's the guy who's always the most vocal, yeah. and so that's something they'll be going through this year. You know, Justin's not going to be there, and you're going to have a battle. And it's not like you have one guy who's the clear-cut favorite. Mm-hmm. It's on a lot of guys who really haven't played and yeah. haven't been there that long. And so, you know, you go through all this and and you grind. And, and what happens is you have to kind of you have to be yourself. Guys can see people that are inauthentic. Yeah, or read right through that. You read right through it right away. I mean, players are great at smelling BS from other players and from coaches because you see so much of it. Mm-hmm. Eventually, like, I, y- there's no other way to see. Like, it's you right there. This guy's fake. Like, mm-hmm. it's, not who he's, it's not who he is. He's not like that all the time. Mm-hmm. So trying to understand that, but, I mean, you have this big leadership void, and it's like who can start to fill these pieces out and who does this part? And because there's different types of leaders mm-hmm. and they do different things, and there's guys that – you know, more game day stuff. There's guys that show up and said, you know, work really hard in practice. Like, and, you know, and, and I joke, it's the line out of Braveheart. And it's, I always say it to Schlegs all the time. You know, when you start talking about titles and this and that. It's like, men don't follow titles, men follow courage. And it's just who's going to show up, who's going to put in the work, and then who's going to make, you know, the difficult statements sometimes when they need to be said. And, you know, call out, calling people out can be tough because to call somebody out, you're putting yourself out there and opening yourself up to criticism. So you have to be beyond reproach as well because no one wants to see the guy who doesn't run through the line five times mm-hmm. and then yelling the sixth time, else, yeah. time someone else does it and they're the one yelling at them because the coach saw. Like it's just – because you guys see it. And it's yeah. just – and so trying to battle that, the linebacker group, very vocal group on defense, you lost four seniors. Right. It's like you even have somebody that can kind of shepherd it a little bit. So those guys are going to be trying to battle for playing time, find their own way, and then you're going to also expect them to kind of – 
meld you know the defense line with the secondary and try to talk that out like, there's a lot of things that you have to have and the way they do that is they have these you know these critical inflection points where you try to simulate the best you can the pressure and you do that through fatigue you do that through the threat of like punishment or <laughs> or more physical pain if you will but the, to get guys to think clearly and to see who's going to slowly begin to crumble and other guys that are going to be there kind of holding everybody together and so that's what that's what mickey marotti is tasked with in this offseason where you can't even really get the whole team together at this point you're doing that in like segments so you've got to like have segment leaders and then those guys i mean they got to figure out their role when the whole team gets together like well you weren't here with me it was me and the other 25 guys and now who's kind of you know the quote the alpha dog and so they've got a lot of great players on their team and great humans which makes that a lot easier but it's it's not an easy task by any stretch i mean these guys both you hit on all the great points um i would add that uh i think being a leader simply means that you've been recognized as having um a strong spirit you need to be one of those guys when push comes to shove, you don't flinch, you don't fold, all that kind of stuff. And the only way for them to figure that out is exactly what Bob was saying, is to put you through hell. Make it as hard as legally allowed mm. to find <laughs> maybe out. Maybe illegally. Maybe <laughs> illegally, just don't tell anybody. Make it as hard <laughs> as possible to find out who's going to fold when it gets tough. When you're tired, are you going to fold? When you're getting yelled at, are you going to fold? When your team is losing, are you going to fold? Mm -hmm. you, and, you were there for the, I'm sorry, you were there for the Urban's first, Urban's first year. Yes. Oh, yeah, so you know what. <laughs> Talk about, you talk the about legal and illegal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. The stories that I, because I would be inside working out, and oh. just like they would come in, and like the guys weren't allowed in the locker room or anything. And I started talking to John Simon, he's you know, a senior, and you know, Zach, and like John would be like, and I love Zach, and Zach would get real vocal and like try to get everybody going, like talking back to coach, like, you can't break us. And John's like, they, they'll keep us here all day. Like, yeah. just, <laughs> just encourage, just encourage everybody else. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't be challenging yeah. the coaches on how tough you can be. Can't we're us we're outside and it's five o'clock in the morning yeah. in February. In the snow. It's freezing. Snow. Bear crawls yeah. in the snow. Still yeah. have five more hours that they could have worked with right yeah. there. Like, yeah. you're getting a break. Five so they definitely, you know, they definitely pushed those boundaries. I don't know if they still do that but they definitely push those boundaries of of you know trying to put us through stuff to find out who's going to rise to the top um and when you have a lot of turnover it's even more important to put your team through those really difficult situations so you can find out okay we've got a position group that lost four seniors which one of you young guys is going to step up and if you have the whole room that doesn't step up I will bet you a billion dollars mm. that those coaches are going to sit them down and say, you don't get to be, to be bums around here. Someone needs to come up. Someone needs to step up. And they're going to hammer it day in and day out until someone understands the gravity of how important it is to have a leader uh, at each position group. And I think that is where you do it in the winter because you can beat the crap out of these guys because they've got time to recover before the season. I, I will add one other thing, too, and this is important that happens at Ohio State. And, and was that your freshman year or second year that Urban got here? That was my second, going into okay. my sophomore year, yeah. And so this this happens from time to time, and it happened a little bit, you know, it ebbed and flowed through Tress, and you know, Urban did a pretty good job of making sure that it didn't, but it's tough. The longer you're here, as guys get used to showing up and winning. Yeah. And it's like, I just show up, and Dino Fick used to say, it's still like, you can't just roll your helmet out there. They see the Ohio yeah. State helmet, everybody's just falling down. It's like bowling. That's not the reality. And yeah. so, like, yeah, well, I'm stepping into this position, and you know what? I play corner to Ohio State, and we've had eight guys drafted in the first round in the last 10 years or whatever the heck it is. Like, mm -hmm. I'm a first-round player. Mm -hmm. No, 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 that's not yeah. how it works. Like, you have to earn that. You have to develop it and work at it. And it's really hard because these guys are highly recruited, and it's just – we always talk about next man up. Well, 
they do a good job of like making sure these guys earn the next man up as opposed to, well, the guy ahead of me graduated and I'm the next in line. So it's now my time. It's never your time. It's only rented. You have to earn it every day. And when they go through those, like when they put us through those, you know, winters that Urban put us through when he first got there, every single year you have less and less people who experience that. So every single year you've got less and less people who understand how that culture was created. You know I mean? And so like Bob said, you take it for granted. Oh, we're going to go win. But more than that, you take it for granted that we're just, this culture is how it is. It's not going to change, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, no, you have to recreate that culture every single year. And when urban comes in and just burns the house down, (laughs) all of us are there for at least, you know, the next three, like my senior year, that's seared into my memory. So I see these young guys coming in, you know, being all trying to be all cute and stuff like this. That stuff doesn't fly. And and the rest of the people in my senior class felt the same way. Like we've been through this. We understood what it took to build this kind of um, build what we're doing right now. Mm. You're not going to come in and think, oh, this is just cake, you know, so blah, Mike, blah, blah. So, Mike, does that take when we see the highlight videos even of workouts or mat drills or pictures of guys in the weight room and somebody's I mean is that something that you have to say to point out is it just them following your work ethic you know I I know coaches script some of that stuff but um that's something you got to feel in the the moment like I went back in to one of the mat drills last year and those guys were working their tail off but it was a different culture than when I was there when I was there it was more adversarial you know it was us against the coaches it was us you, against each other you in there <laughs> yeah, it was it was gladiator stuff one of you um, gets to eat hot dogs the other one gets to eat steak Go. wear a purple jersey exactly. or whatever it is but when I was there it was you could still see them working hard you could still see the guys at the front of the line um who would talk to people like if you know because they'll do matches where everybody goes and if the last group doesn't do a good job everybody starts over mm-hmm. and they do that on purpose you know you want mm-hmm. there to be a little bit of friction but it was much more team focused it was much more uplifting and you know i think that nowadays that is much better <laughs> but you can definitely see how the culture switches over time because those guys did not do bear crawls in the snow mm-hmm. for a week those guys didn't get locked out of their locker room because they weren't yeah. worthy of of wearing the block mm-hmm. oh they're it's a different type of culture and i would expect you know you bring in these these high profile guys who've been told that they are just god's gift to the world for a while and you have a lot of winning all of a sudden you're wondering okay why can't we get over this hump? You're going to have to beat some some dudes down. And, mm. and, you know, maybe that's just my own personal philosophy. But, like, I think there's a grittiness that's required in football. And it is easy to be complacent when you're winning, especially when you were just that much more talented that even if you aren't doing that great, you're still going to be winning the Big Ten Championship and you're just going to keep wondering, why am I getting slipped up by these top teams? Because you need a little bit of you need a little yeah. bit of uh, something else, and so like and we start talking about these stories, and you see it erode. And so we were came in, you know, Tress's first full recruiting class. We had six a.m.s in the morning. We have to go to study table afterward, go to class, come back, and left. It was atrocious. You were like a zombie going in there, mm-hmm. and you did that, you know, for three weeks, three four days a week at the end of the winter quarter, and it was terrible. And so by the time though Justin's leaving, and then oh, after yeah. that, it had like. Mm. Dude, the, the thermos, thermo, thermostat had been turned down significantly. Like it wasn't. I think like, I've said that's where I learned how to juggle. Yeah. <laughs> in one of the. In one of the <laughs> at the end, I'm like, I came back. My my friend. Hand eye coordination. You. <laughs> you know, like it was perfect. It's like trust. What what is this? Like, well, it's different now. We're mm-hmm. them, they're bringing in more like the science stuff, and that's what you know. Urban they change a little bit, but it's like, okay, I understand this might be better for you physically, 
but is it always better mm-hmm. for you like mentally and for to building like a unit where you look around at everybody else like at least i know everybody else around here is tough mm-hmm. like if nothing else they're, they're tough dude like they went through exactly mm-hmm. what i did i know how bad it felt they didn't quit i didn't quit so that's what builds those bonds of commonality like we're and that's it's all military philosophy and you know this i mean with your family and everything like that's what strips down like all personal characteristics mm-hmm. you're simply judged by how you perform in the adver- mm-hmm. like adversarial situations because everybody experienced them so you don't care what the other person looks like, like they came out of that so uh, yeah. i know that they've got to have at least one or two things in common with me mm-hmm. yeah, yeah i think it's just in any coaching you see it over as time goes on and if you're winning early on you know you just start to get a little more lax you feel a little bit better about things you know oh, they're just going to show up and play we're gonna, you know everybody buys into that a little bit oh. which is why it's what Saban has done in Alabama is amazing mm-hmm. every year I mean not every year but more than not every at least every other year he's in the national championship so he continues to keep that same standard year in and year out and that's the thing I think for coaches is really really hard to do one you get turnover of your coaching staff mm-hmm. you know turnover of players maybe you have some great leaders who helped you keep things on track and, you know, you just start losing the wrong people, and all of a sudden you become a soft team. And, and I would you say – You need a reset. Yeah, I would say every coach would agree that the, the championship is won in winter. You know, spring ball is where you get to go start working on stuff and find out, okay, what can this guy do mm-hmm. on the field? But your leaders are found in the winter. Your biggest strength gains are made in the winter. And that mental chip that you have is decided on the winter. If you can't find a chip in winter – you're not going to all of a sudden find one in summer camp. You're not all of a, gonna, all of a sudden going to find some in spring ball. They, those coaches, I know they sit down with plans, and they know they script that stuff to figure out, okay, what is going to be the chip we put on this guy, these guys' shoulders yeah. this year? Who are going to be the leaders who take that chip as their own and make it, you know, make sure that nobody forgets why we're working this hard. Nobody forgets why we go through this kind of pain and all that kind of stuff and bringing people together. But if you can't, if you can't get your team ready in the winter for a national championship, yep. you're going to have a hard time. That process is well underway for the Buckeyes right mm-hmm. now. Basketball season heating up. Covered a lot of ground, a lot of bases here on Letterman Live as we do every Monday here at Roosters. Appreciate Nicole Cox for having us. Justin Zwick, Bobby Carpenter, and Michael Bennett, who – is about to go on his mm. adventures. I am. Yeah, let's hear about this. Lose, about can nomad. you tell us about this? We lose, nomad. First nomad. we lose Schlags as one of our full-time <laughs> regular guys, <laughs> and now Michael Bennett is about to go spread his wings again. Spreading the gospel of Letterman Row. Okay, well, well let's <laughs> split with that. The Apostle Paul. Apostle <laughs> yeah, Mike there Roker. you go. I mean, you got accepted to some graduate studies somewhere. Mm-hmm. Haven't made a decision. Going to go see the world, see some friends. It's been fun having you around, man. It's been yeah. great to be here. There's a good, I mean, there's a really good chance I'll be back. I just, I'm taking my little, uh, my little trip. Yeah, yeah a little just, sabbatical. Yeah, yeah. Just, but this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys having me. All right, well, there's still a couple baskets of mozzarella sticks. You didn't even go out? You didn't get your uh, pepperoni and whatever pizza that I, you used to go for? All this food you see in front of you, <laughs> once those cameras it's go going off, down. It's another story. <laughs> I, turned I love him, it. Uh, Jay-Z, I turned him onto the buffalo chicken pizza. Oh, I so, so is he... Reluct- I'm not a big buffalo chicken guy, but uh-huh. reluctantly uh-huh. I had a piece and they got some ranch in there. It's pretty good. <laughs> got some they got some ranch. <laughs> <laughs> so you can get I that. I love it, yes. Get your mozzarella sticks and a pizza on Appetizer mm. Tuesday. Come hang out. Thanks to these guys and Nicole Cox again for having us. I am just Austin Ward. We'll see you again next week after I get back from Pinehurst for Letterman. <laughs> oh, look at that. <laughs> A little jab. Brought to you by Roosters.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.